Hello, everybody. It's David Knight. It's the OK Boomer Show. So I'm in Denver and I've got two amazing guys to share with you today. And um, this is an inside joke, but I think everybody laughed. These are the three of the ugliest men on uh, sport television or anything. So welcome. we should rename the show to the three ugly men, I think. <laughs> two, of them are blind. two of them are blind with glasses and one has 20-20 vision. You can guess who that is. So <laughs> let me introduce it. It's John McLean all the way from Sydney, Australia, familiar face to this show. Hey, John, how are you? Great, Dave. Great to be back. And then the man clapping uh, needs really no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyway. Delhi Carr, all the way from Sydney, Australia, a good mate of John on, on, our, uh, on mine, um, well-known through the sporting world, mostly for being behind a black Nikon, taking amazing photos. Delhi, how are you? I'm well, thank you, buddy. I'm well. All's good. All is good. So uh, just a quick note, everybody. Uh, I'm here in bed with uh, day seven of COVID, and so I'm through that. So uh, we've all had our little health challenges. Um, and Del, we might dig into one of yours a couple of years back. Uh, we know John's health challenge pretty well. Uh, we'd all have it from being hit by a truck like John has recovered and inspired the world. But why don't we start with John? How did you connect with Delhi? My, my recollection, and Delhi, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was in and around the Nepean Triathlon. So the year is 1994. And um, we had an opportunity. There was, a, there was an interest to do a, a story and therefore needed a photographer to take a photo. And that was my first introduction to the world famous uh, Delhi car. So I was very grateful for that opportunity. And Delhi took a, a photo uh, at my place at the time. And the question was, you know, do you do chin-ups? And I said, yes. And he said, do you do them in your wheelchair? And I said, not normally. He said, can you? I said, oh, let's try. So um, my other buddy, David, uh, David, as you know, is John Young. So he was there with the table. We put the wheelchair on top of the table. We've got a Velcro strap around. And then I'm starting to do these chin-ups. And Delhi said, oh, could you do a couple more? And for those who try chin-ups, they're kind of hard to do. And Delhi's going, can you do a couple behind your head? And hence uh, me straining here with this particular photo. So that was my introduction to Delhi. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful we had the opportunity to meet. And I love that photo. I mean, I only found out like literally this week that Delhi took that photo. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite John McLean photos for a time and place and the message it signifies. Uh, but Delhi, what was that shoot like? What was your first impression of the Jack? John Mack. Yeah, I mean, we were, I photographed him during the triathlon. I think then we went back to his home. And um, John, it was really my, well, it was my first introduction to John, but someone with a disability it was also my first introduction. And John was being his usual clown self and everything. And I wasn't quite sure how to handle that. You know, that, um, so do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Do I make a wisecrack in return? And really, in that particular shot that we, we dreamed of was, well, we did a few things with John, but the wheelchair was quite important. And, and something as dramatic as a chin-up with that was like, well, I'm sure we're going to get people's attention. But it, it, was, it, was a, it was really uncomfortable for me, but I got to know him. John then took us inside and we had a cup of tea or something and 
I think, you know, we listened to a couple of, was it your dad's records that we listened to? Yeah. That's right, so yeah. I still remember that. And, and from then on, it's been a, a massive click and then, and we've talked and we've talked about the good things and the bad things and it's been a massive friendship from from that one little meeting. Yeah, and Dally, I'm sure I met you probably at the Noosa Tri uh, the same weekend I met John. It was my first weekend on Gatorade and it was pretty daunting, you know, getting thrown in the deep end with, you know, that whole triathlon clique, you know, um, all the all the pro athletes, all the sponsors, you know, all those famous names that we kicked around with, whether it was the Oakley team or the Nike team or the Qantas team or the Holden team or the whatever team, right? Um, it was just, yeah. for me, a special moment just meeting so many inspirational people. Well, well, even that meeting, as I said, we went in for a cup of coffee or tea in, in the home and John asked me, I want to be a mover and shaker in triathlon and so who are the people you deal with? And I spoke about Gatorade because I've been doing some work with Gatorade and I spoke about Oakley and the contact there. So, yeah, that little spider web of a connection grew and grew from that, that one race. Yeah, that's awesome. So don't, don't, sorry to jump in, but just a, a thing that just popped into my head that, you know, I dreamed about being an athlete, uh, obviously playing football back in the day. And then when I had my accident, I thought, you know, I wanted to dream again. And that really literally started to come to life because Delhi was there to capture those moments in time, which I could then kind of talk about. And Delhi was spot on. I mean, you know, because he had some really cool Oakley sunglasses on. I said, Delhi, do, do you know anyone that might be interested in maybe sponsoring me just for product at the time? And that was introduction to Louise, you record Delhi. Um, you know, and yes. then it kind of just grew from there. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, when you, when you chase your dreams and those really good people come along, sometimes ugly, uh, to open doors for others. So, <laughs> Delhi, um, you, you opened many for me. Thank you. Now, I mean, you doing what you did that day to open, a lot of people were, particularly for that photo, were just going, well, who, who is this bloke and who is the photographer? So another little stretch to the beginning of the, my career as well. So, Delhi, take us through that. Like, how did you get into being on, on that side of the camera and then how did you narrow into like the sports field that you really landed in? How, how did that happen? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try and keep it quick and short, but dad did give me a camera when I was quite young and you know, six or seven years old and a little toy camera. And I still have that little toy camera, but I fell in love with photography from that moment. Um, when I used to get the prints back from the chemist at the time, you know, it was magic knowing that what I clicked on the camera now had a physical photograph. Loved it. Went into high school and fortunately I had crooked teeth so I wasn't allowed to play sport or any contact sports and I was a big rugby league boy. So I conned the uh, headmaster into taking photographs of all the, uh, all the teams playing a Thursday sport instead of hanging out at the tennis with people I didn't know. So that, that was my introduction to sport. I loved it. Did the right thing. I did go to uni, did an economics degree, but all the way through that, photography was building up inside. And then the recession we had to have all those years ago, uh, my company said, does anyone want to take a voluntary retrenchment, which I then put up my hand to, to hopefully make it as a career as a sports photographer. And here I am like 35 years later. So first few years were tough. But um, 
through hard work and talent and guts, I, I managed to get through. And yeah, as I said, I've, I've made a full-time living out of my love. Yeah, that's awesome. Was there like a, a break? You know, was there like a particular moment or a photo or somebody that like just catapulted yeah, your there was. There? And they weren't the photos of John, I'll tell you that. No. Um, there's Thank the photo goodness. I took this. <laughs> there was a photo I took at the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games, um, which ended up winning the best action photo of the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games. And I'm at that time, the I then read. I'm guessing that's Kathy Freeman. Is that, the, is that the Kathy Freeman show? No, it, it, it's, it's the two fences celebrating. Okay. Um, which was a rare occurrence that both thought they'd won the gold medal. They were both celebrating. Uh, that's the one there. Okay. Um, they were both tied on points. The next person who won that point would win the gold medal. And they both lunged at the same time. They both thought they'd hit each other first and were both appealing to the, the referee. I was behind. So they look like they're directly looking at me. What is rare is that they ripped off their mask. You can see their faces. And they're both celebrating. So, and at the beautiful Olympic rings in the background. So it all worked exceptionally well. That was the first frame I took. I got in late, um, and I walked out five minutes later. So I'd had five minutes of fencing, and I've won this award. But that award, and I'm still being introduced to people from other people as the guy who won the photograph of the Sydney 2000, or best photograph of the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games. And it was at that wow. point in time where I said, you know what, I might actually make it as a career. So I was about six <laughs> or seven years into my career then. So it was, it was that point where I might actually make it and people actually think my work is good. So I have a feeling when, when I go to, to the great dark room up in the sky that it'll be on my headstone, the guy that won the, the best action <laughs> photo of the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games. <laughs> So, Delhi, I mean, you, you, you know, do you have a specialty? I know you go to all the games. I know you love triathlon and, and you know, passion for, and again, I'm just looking at some of these photos, like the swimming events, the Australian soccer roos. I mean, I mean, you've done, you've pretty well done it all. Is there a, a sweet spot for you? Well, let's, as cliche as this will be, triathlon is obviously a massive love of mine. I've been in that sport now. Uh, 33 years perhaps i'm part of the furniture i'm one of the chapters in the history of the book um my circle of friends you know i i see a couple of mates from school and then 99 percent of all the other friends are people that are triathlon related i could go anywhere around the world and i could be sleeping on someone's couches that i know that live there so it's um it's a big part of my life it, it is the the sport that started me that provided me with a living to continue going on and on um, I know the athletes I've grown up with the athletes I partied with the athletes I'm I'm now best man to some athletes weddings I've been their godparents to some kids of triathletes so I'm part of that world um, the Olympic world is also a massive bug John has, has obviously been bitten by that he's and sadly, he can't compete at every event, but I, as a photographer, can keep going. Tokyo yeah. was meant to be my 10th one, which is a massive milestone. Um, 
in the photography world, particularly here in Australia, fingers crossed we get the opportunity next year. So, um, you know, a big event like a World Cup football or World Cup rugby, like me loving sports so much when I'm out there on the field, it, it is such a privilege to be there for me. You know, and I'm, yeah. I'm doing a job that I love watching stuff that I love to do. I can't shoot weddings. I can't shoot, you know, that juicy looking hamburger. I shoot sport. That's I'm comfortable on a footy field. I'm comfortable on the back of a motorbike, you know, in the lava fields of Hawaii. Yeah. And I Dale, that's like, if there's a vision of you from my brain, it's that smile and that big camera with a huge lens hanging off precariously off the back of a Harley Davidson going down the queen K just, uh, you know, just, just doing what you do so well. Thank you. Um, it's, Josh, it's hilarious. Uh, how many times, how many times ahead, I've been on the back of a motorbike and going, how lucky am I? <laughs> hey, Joshua, there's a couple of uh, Kona photos there. I think one's called Kona swim. And then there's another one of, uh, a lonely bike out on the on the lava fields. Can you pull that up and yeah, wow, look at that. So Delhi, talk to us about yeah, this, that. This is special. It's um I'm not sure how many times I'd been at Kona at that time. Could have been ten to fifteen times. Um and I just wanted I was bored sitting on not bored, I'm never bored, but I was getting the same shot sitting off the pier when all the swimmers went off. The mass start of 1500 or 2000, one of the most spectacular sites in triathlon. And I asked Ironman if I could do it differently and if, if they would allow me to shoot it from a helicopter, which I hired. Well, they, they allowed me, I hired it, and I shot the swim start from above and it hadn't been done before. It has now been done a few times since by others. But it was a great way to look at 1500 people taking a mass swim you don't see that in any event so it was a stunning way to do it you got the beautiful waters of hawaii you know and a beautiful perspective like up high yeah yeah that's i mean john and i have both been in that swim start it's a bit of a a mess we certainly don't think we're at the pointy end where those fast swimmers were but that water is special and it's it's just the adrenaline rush going through everybody at that moment is is pretty incredible yeah yeah you, as me and observer i actually you can feel that it somehow there's a sense of that adrenaline rush or that feel of when that when you hear that first swooshing of the water as everyone goes it it's a beautiful sound yeah that cannon that cannon blasting and just the the white water, the washing machine that ensues when you got fifteen hundred people trying to swim over each other. Josh, pull up that other it's photo all, it's of the cycle. Go ahead. No, it, it's yeah. This this one um, this one was part of my portfolio that won me the uh, best sports photographer in Australia a couple of years ago. And again, I'd been, no, it's um, at Ballarat. It's a, I've now forgotten the name of the park, but it, I think right. it's Remembrance Drive or somewhere along there. But I just wanted again photograph it differently. And when I was watching the judging of this photograph, the judges realised how all the branches and everything were leading to that central point, which was the sun, drawing your attention to the athlete and. That was always my thing 
with triathlon photography and I was when I was first hired by the ITU, the International Triathlon Union, they said don't shoot it like every other triathlon photographer. Shoot it your way, tell stories. And that's what I tried and do. And that's either incorporate the backgrounds or making sure that the, the athlete is highlighted what their struggle is because it's not an easy sport. Yeah. I'm blessed to shoot triathlon. It's, it's swim, bike and a run and it's, it's a tough sport. Della, can you talk us through, uh, in Kona, you, you always tried to find a, a new spot to, to shoot from, given that you know, you're leading the way, people are, are following you. So can you kind of talk us a little bit about, in particular on the bike, how you'd find yourself in the lava fields, literally looking up and using those other elements to create uh, those memorable images? Yeah, it's... Look, I've I've shot Kona twenty five years in a twenty five years in a row. Um, so to come up with something different each time, yes, the finish finish line photo is important, and it's, it'll always be different. So Hawaii, the island of Hawaii, how blessed am I that you've got all this black lava that you can play with and do things with, and it's so different and so um, compared to every other triathlon around the world. You know, I have. I've photographed some triathlons that were staged in car parks and, you know, there's not much you can do with that. But with Hawaii, I've got so much to work with. It is getting harder each year to do something different. But I've been in um, caves that, that have been by the side of the road. I've used the lava in the foreground, I've used the lava in the background. So I've done all that I can. Um, usually it means a drive the day before to try and pick some spots. Um, but that is getting, again, there's less and less. And as you would know, the, the island is starting to get more populated and there's little villages popping around and, you know, and some of that grass is growing. I've forgotten the name of the grass, but there's there's less and less to work with. And um, But, yeah, earlier when I had the energy and the, the, the oomph to do something with it, there was plenty to play with. Yeah, some of those yeah, photos, though, I mean, many of them are just, you know, moments in time. So um, yeah. I mean, when, when I kind of look at you and look at my story, just to kind of bring it back a little bit, there's kind of three images that I look at, kind of the, the chin up, which led to the triathlon. There's a photo of me in kind of where you're on your bike, as David mentioned, you know, he, he comes a Harley and then maybe it's Delhi and kind of, you, you capture <laughs> that moment. And also when I went back to Nepean, you recall, uh, with David, you were there to um, to see that whole thing unfold when I could cross the line with Amanda and Jack. And I remember you being on the other side and you had your kind of pod thing and you're saying to me, you know, can you stop it because you're making me cry. And I think both Dave and I were absolutely, well, I certainly was in tears just trying to put one foot in front of the other. But when I look at those three special moments in time, you took those photos, Del. So um, it's a real privilege um, to have had you in my life as one of the, uh, the ugly three. So um, no, it's just awesome to... You know, I, I now share those those uh, images globally. So if it wasn't for you to take those, I wouldn't have them to share. So thank you. Yeah, it is it is interesting. I, McKeeley Jones, who world champion in, in many ways in the sport of triathlon, she, one of her last races in Canberra, she she pulled out halfway through the, the run and she went and sat down by a shady tree and I, I walked up and sat down next to her and it was nice and shady and, we spoke and she said, Deli, do you realise in all of my 
highlights of my sporting career, you're the only person that's been at all of them. And this is Olympics, this is Kona, this is World Championships. So you're the only person that's been at all of my professional highlights. So that meant a lot to me. And, and even now, you know, when sadly someone passes away or whatever, I people come to me and ask for their photos of their career that this is, I've documented a point of time in their life when they're young, when they're fit, they're healthy, a strong part. I would love the photos of me in my 20s when I used to get up to all this mischief, you know, when I had the energy and the time. So it's interesting that, yes, they get older, you retire from sport and they move on to family, whatever the case may be. But I've documented an invincible part of their time when they're an athlete. And I'm in a very blessed position to do that. So to, to go through your stages and yes, you've made me cry and other athletes have made me cry and to see a friend of mine win a gold medal in the Olympics makes me cry, you know? So that's a tough part. I have to, I have to try and photograph and keep everything in focus while I can't see through the tears. <laughs> that's awesome. Have you got some more to hey, share, Dave? Yeah, Evan, just pull a pull a photo up that ins inspires you. There's lots of stories here. Yeah, this again. This is when I it I went bold and I went tough and I went hard at what I want to do and I understood light and I there were all these gambles to get this photograph and you know I got it. I I almost fell over taking this picture because I was doing some silly things to get it, but. It came up, it looks great in black and white. It's it's me thinking ahead, me seeing things ahead of time before they happen. I knew this was gonna happen and it did. There are a lot of others that didn't work, but this is one particular picture. Swimming Australia loved this, they use it often. Nick, I use this picture often as well. It's, it's I work in sports that use water, triathlon and rowing and, and swimming. Um, you know, water is so unpredictable. And when you try and mix that with light, you can get all these funky, funky, nice things. And that's a beautiful day for me when that, when all of that combines, when you think it through, when you use your head and think this might happen and it does, bingo. It, that, that photo is not a, I've captured a moment in time, say, as someone winning a medal or crossing the finish line first. This is my thought process to getting that particular picture. And knowing it would look better in black and white than in colour. Mm. That's photography as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. keep rolling them through. Keep, keep rolling. Right, this one is interesting. Because um, eight years later, looking for a photo of Phelps. But this was Chad Lacoste from South Africa. Um, it made headlines the next day because... If you may all remember, he was up against Phelps um, and that he was bad-mouthing Phelps in the uh, change room prior to them going on to do the race. So, And Chad was leading for most of that way. might have been a 200. And then in that final sprint, Phelps put on the afterburners, turns and looks at him. And that says a lot about who Phelps was as an athlete. So the story here is, you know, a guy who was acting the, the smart ass has, has to have a look to the side to see that he's been overtaken. But that story is all about Phelps, how strong a man he was, and his opposition had to look to the side of the pool. 
to see him going past. And I only found that later. It made headlines, that photo, the day after by other photographers. But I found it a few days later. Well, I've got to put that in a portfolio. It means a lot. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, to to be in a privilege to shoot a a, a, great athlete like that is, again, a privilege for me. This, after triathlon swimming is... um, my next biggest client. In fact, they're equal to me now. And um, this was prior to the Rio Olympics and Swimming Australia allowed me to be in their training camp prior to them going to Rio. So we were in Alabama. And I was the fly in the wall in this instance. I had the complete trust of the coaches and the athletes. So, you know, I was was sending pickers home the idea of me being there was to be a firewall between the media and the team so that they don't send their photographers to the pool and hassle the athletes. So this case, I'm nice and close here to Alicia Coots, and she had just gone through a massive set just prior, as a, halfway through. That was the biggest set of the actual um, training camp. She was pulled out of the water exhausted. So... It was, again, an eye-opener for me to see what an athlete has to do to compete in the Olympic Games, the sacrifice they make, you know, to see the Olympic machine in action. I've been to an Olympics, but I haven't seen the preparation by, by coaches, by physios, by dietitians, to that special young person to compete for a, a medal. But here I have the complete trust and that's something that I've worked on all my life was to get the trust of an athlete, to get the trust of the coaches, the officials, and, and all the swim bo- or the sporting body. So very, very privileged. The coach is there, and then it's me. So I'm second in that chain, which was, you know, says a lot for me that people would give me that fly-on-the-wall type status. Yeah, I mean, you see the Olympic Yeah, she was dragged out. She was held out of the water. That yeah. this next yeah. photo makes me laugh. Um, I I shot ice hockey for the first time. I'm a big ice hockey fan, but it was only on the TV. And you know, the fact when these two monsters were sliding towards the glass, um, I said, "Oh, great! This is looking good, looking good." Well, the next frame they hit the glass, and I, at being a rookie, it's shooting uh, ice hockey. That glasses give, which I wasn't aware of. And so my camera being hard pressed against the glass was pushed back into my face and I broke my nose. Um, so I spent the rest of the game in a bathroom uh, with tissue paper up my nose to try and stop the bleeding. So I love the photo, but it was, it was me being a complete rookie at a sport I'd never photographed before. So yeah, that's you where the, you got, you got your uh, ice hockey looks, your broken nose, and uh, that's where you got the look. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I now realized from then on when I shot ice hockey to stay back a bit when the two gorillas came towards the glass. <laughs> What's next? Uh, look at this. Well, yeah. Uh, that's in the Blue Mountains, and, and uh, we were blessed that morning. I wanted to... Sh- to shoot, she's Australia's leading um, climber. 
and uh, we were blessed when we did get out there. there. We were above the clouds at the time, which adds so much to that picture. But I made her put on a red top. This is my brain again thinking I need her to pop out from the backgrounds and, yeah, accentuate the length of the, the clip. She was miles above. Um, being the world's best, she could do anything for me. And there's even a point where she actually can let go and then fall a bit and grab back onto the rocks, which scared the hell out of me because I was safe on the ledge. But she um, added so much. She just she was comfortable hanging miles above the earth, you know, by her fingernails, whereas, you know, it's terrifying. And particularly the phase where she lets go. But Monique was a wonderful a wonderful, again, had my trust and would uh, whatever I asked her, which were not chin-ups, but um, a lot more than that, but in saying that she would do what I said. Oh, wow. Uh, Del, can I, um, can I move in a different area? Um, yeah. I kind of, one of the other things I think that we will definitely have in common is um, getting knocked down and getting back up again. So if I looked at your story, would you be able to kind of share a lot of people may not know this outside of the, uh, of the sport of triathlon. What had taken place with you with your turning moment where you got really got knocked down and then bringing it back to the pinnacle of going back to the home of the Olympics and, and capturing that magic piece that you did with uh, with that camera? Yeah. Um, there is a photo of two fences that are, are fighting each other. They're both in white. So if, if you're able to find those and bring it up. Um, three years ago, I had a little health incident, um, a little genetic. That's the photo there. Um, this means a lot to me because it, it was a, it was after my comeback from an illness, which I did have a stroke. Um, I had a genetic problem with one of my arteries, which leaked one night, and I ended up with a, my left side immobilized. So um, it was three to four months of rehab. Um, I continually thought of John, I'm, you know, if he can come back, so can I. I thought of a few Rocky-type terms of, you know, getting knocked down and back up again. But um, John and the whole para-athlete community were a massive help. The outpouring of messages I got from them, the phone calls, the visits, they were sending me literature about rewiring the brain. So that, that really gave me a wonderful insight into the, the para-athlete community. And um, I'm so grateful to them. As I said, I was continually thinking of John. Um, how to, how, if he can come back, if he has the balls to come back, if he, and I've, I've read his books and some of his sayings, they were always being repeated in my head. So when I was, just when I did get sick, I was meant to do a very big shoot uh, for Nikon. And they were kind to me. They said, whenever you finish your therapy and you're healthy, we will do it. So we're not cancelling it. We're not going to give it to another photographer. Long story short, we dreamt of the whole thing about the Olympics and it being in Greece, Olympia. And I'm of Greek origin, of Greek Australian. Let's do this shoot in, in Athens or in Greece. And let's do fencing because, again, back to that photo of Sydney 2000, that might have been my turning point of my career. So that particular photo means a lot to me. Um, Nikon loved it and used it for the promotions that they did, but it 
marks. That was my first shoot after four months off of rehab um, and getting myself strength back and getting my left side back again. When I did get sick, the first thing when I got out of bed and I knew something was wrong is I went and tried to pick up my camera. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Will I be able to work again? Is this whatever's happened to me and I don't know what's happening, can I pick up a camera and work? So coming back to work after four months was a big deal. So that photo is so special to me. It, it actually, again, brings tears to my eyes because I knew what I did to get there. I still may not have been 100% healthy at the time, but I was healthy enough to do it. And again, it gave me that impetus to keep going and to, to continue my career. You know, it, it meant that I could do anything again. I also realized by that fear of not working again, that from now on, I'll make every photo shoot count. That every photo shoot I attend, I'm blessed to be there. And I will make a photograph out of every shoot that I'm proud of. Because there might be a day where I do, you know, have an injury or something that won't allow me to work again. What an awesome story. So, yeah. Story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deli, and, it, was special for, it was special for me, Deli, to, to come and see you in hospital. And, you know, just a reflection point to, you know, you were there when my sporting career started to take off in terms of, you know, shooting the pee. And, um, and obviously me being a huge fan of yours as is David. Uh, and then to kind of spend some time with you, for you to allow me to come and spend some time with you in the hospital and for Amanda to make some soup and kind of be in and around. So, but I'm so proud of you, the way that you've, you know, rebounded come back and, and take, take it on the challenge after having your illness with a stroke and still producing the quality of work that you do so the world can appreciate the magic of Delhi. So um, very proud to Thank call you a buddy. Thank you. Yeah, it, as I said, when I, um, when I had reps to do with an elastic band on my left side and I'm, I'm not getting close to the tight and I go, well, John wouldn't give up now. John wouldn't give up now. And that kept me going. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have a lot to do in my life as well. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap up, hey, Delhi, what's next? What's on What's on the horizon in this kind of crazy world that we're in with everything that's kind of been postponed? What What are you working on? What are you looking forward to next? Yeah, um, I haven't worked since March. So it, it's, you know, it started off pretty rough for me in my head. But doing my COVID project, um, really helped me and and that's when i went outside my comfort zone and i realized that i could do that continue to do that so i'm a lot more relaxed now after nine months ten months off um i want to finish my i want to get to my 10th olympics uh, no one in australia's got close to that so that's a big deal you know for me to do one olympics when i first started my career was a dream and i'm now going for double figures I will do projects that mean something that shows some creativity that will exercise my brain um, rather than just pressing the button. Um, I might be a bit choosy now with what shoots that I do go and don't go to. Um, I feel that I've, I've reached a point of maturity in my work that um, I will continue to challenge myself but with really big deal types of stuff. The next Olympics is in Paris. Um, that's also on the agenda, um, plus a couple of big events that I've had on the bucket list, uh, as sad as that word is, but I will attempt to do those as well. Um, 
I love traditional sports. I love sumo. I love um, all those things that are typical of particular countries. And I want to travel and do those particular events. So it's, it's, I will never give up triathlon. That's part of my life. Swimming's part of my life as well. So, you know, when, when I finally finish up, I'll slowly, I'll finish off my career with swimming and triathlon, definitely. Hey, Delhi, is it okay if we put a link to that COVID story where you shot the Australian athletes? For, if we put a link down below so people can take a look at that, is that, does that work for you? Of course. Yes, it yeah, does work for me. It, as I said, I shot that one because I knew the athletes weren't okay. Um, you know, they, as well as losing that date, the, the 2020 date, they also lost 2020 and 2021. They were going to have children. They were going to finish their uni degrees. They were going to travel around the world, get married. And, and they lost that. They've gone back to another 12 months of training. So I don't think people realise just a bigger deal it was for athletes. You know, yeah. people were saying to them, I be bigger, stronger, faster. And that, that's not the case. So I had to do that yeah. project. I wasn't feeling good inside. So it was, I'd love people to know that, that the athletes yeah. deserve our love in that respect. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. Um, if we can do one more photo to wrap up the running with sure. the bulls, because I think this is just like <laughs> kick up, kind of like, look at that. I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, but take me yeah. through that, just that, that as, a, as a phenomenal kind of event. Yeah, that, um, as I said, I love the traditional sports. You know, I mean, yes, there is a backlash to bullfighting. Um, and, and I'll be honest, the, the bulls here are not, not really running to hurt people. They, they're a little bit scared themselves. There's a whole lot of runners. But it is a tradition of Spain, and, I'll, you know, that is part of their life. I wanted to shoot it. Um, so I did. I was in London at the time when it was about to start. I got on the plane, went there, found accommodation, found a rental car, and I attended and, and talked my way into a media pass. Now, this particular, I was showing some locals my photos and going, no, no, that's not a great photo. No, this particular one was. And, and I said, why, why is that? And they said, because you can actually see the runners. So... This, the running of the ball is about the runners. It's not about the balls. So in this instance, the ball has slipped a bit and has done a little bit of a hop, giving him the height for me now to see the runners. Um, so um, that's what makes this particular picture. You can also see the muscular definition on that ball. It shows you how powerful that they really are. Not the bull behind it fell at one point, and I thought, oh, that's a good photo. And then the other bull behind that ran around that bull, and as I was lying down on the floor, um, his back hoof clipped my front of my camera, and he's missed my face by that much. <laughs> so I could have ended up with another broken nose, or probably maybe even worse. So, uh, but I ended up with broken Nikon lens. But I this year I was voted in the um, top 50 contemporary Australian photojournalists of all time. So, and they've used that photo that's in the book uh, as a sample of my work. So that now means something to me that of my portfolio, they, they deem that photo as 
as a stunning photo and I've slipped into this top 50, which is another, in such a year where I've done nothing, it's, it was a wonderful compliment. Well, there's much more to come from you, Dally, and I hope we get these three ugly guys together at a, some event somewhere in the world to celebrate life. And just thank you for, on behalf of all the athletes that you've just captured those magic moments and not only for the individual, but for everybody that ever sees those photos, it just inspires people to greatness. So you, you have an amazing gift and thank you for sharing that with everybody. Thank you. It's, it's been my privilege for the 30 years to, to photograph athletes. I, I was, a, I wasn't a SHIT sportsman, but I would have loved to have been a great sportsman in something, but I've got the next best job, and that's just sitting behind the fence there with the ca with the camera. Well, as we've well, seen, you, you get more behind the fence, but anyway, go. Yeah, Dale, you, you've, captured, you've, you've captured those moments for generations to come, so I'm glad you were a, a, a good footballer and your teeth weren't right, so you could <laughs> take those images. And, um, I was a good yeah. league boy. I, was, I thought I was a good <laughs> league boy. But, yeah, you're right. I that's that's one thing that you know as i said when i when when god finally gives me the call to come upstairs that there's a reminder of me back here that people can look at these photos for eternity like as i said triathlon i've covered the history of their sport from their beginnings you know they only formed a year or two before before i started so um yeah people can look at these pictures, look at moments in Australian sport, look at particular feats that people have done or look at the pretty picture and, and, and my name stamped there, which is, yeah, it's a good thing. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. Delhi. it's been such a pleasure to have you as part of the different dimensions of, you know, John and the sport of triathlon and Ironman and, um, yeah, not much I can say. I'm, I got tears in my eyes from just this whole story and, just happy we could share it with some folks. So, um, John, do you want to wrap up? I do. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Deli, um, thanks again for coming on the program. Uh, often there's been connections to people in and around the sport of Ironman, but the beautiful thing about having you on today is we could cross so many uh, sporting fields and, and to get behind the lens with you and to hear some of those stories has been a real treat, buddy. So look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, likewise, buddy. We will. And thank okay, you, guys. Dave. It's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Tune in next time to the next OK Boomer Show. And make sure you hit that link down to look at the, the great work that Delhi did on championing the athletes and what they've gone through with some of the delays on things like the Olympics and four years of hard work just put, in, put on pause, mentally challenging for, for all of us. So um, keep well, keep safe, get out there. Let's inspire the world. And tomorrow's another day, guys. Appreciate you both. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.